I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. You like to move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. You like to move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. You like to move it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to I Like to Movie Movie. I know it's been a while. I know it's been a long time, I know that you've missed me, and I have missed you. Thank you again for your patience. Work sucks, it's all that I can say. My name is Dan Scully, and tonight uh, we are doing our annual Best of the Year Thus Far. Uh, so uh, in a few minutes here, we're going to go into my chat with a friend of the show, Andy, um, who has golden hair on Letterboxd. And uh, so, uh, I don't know what else there is to say, except apologies for my my absence. Uh, R.I.P. to, to Ray Liotta. Uh, R.I.P. to Tony Sirico, uh, which just happened literally like five minutes ago. Uh, R.I.P. to James Caan. Lost some titans since the last time I checked in. Uh, so, man, it's just like, the, it's crazy. It, no Ray Liotta? That's insane. We can't live in a world without Ray Liotta in it. Without James Caan? And heck, I, not necessarily as big of a time, but Polly Walnuts is iconic, so Sirico as well. Uh, no, Who's ranking? I'm not ranking. Stop ranking. Don't do any ranking. That's not what we're doing today. Uh, what we're doing today is we're counting down the best of 2022 thus far. Um, as always, you know you can follow the show at... I almost said at Hot Property Pod. That's my other podcast. What? Which follow that too at Hot Property Pod on all the things. But this is of course at Movie Movie Cast uh, everywhere where you get your podcasts. So, um, not really much else to report. Uh, I'll check in with you guys again after our little talk there. So uh, it was fun. I'm actually speaking to you after it happened. It was it was awesome. Um, some surprises. There was tears. There was laughter. But most of all, there was love. And a little bit of Tom Cruise, who can't feel emotions. So, uh, spoiler. All right, here it is. Check it out. Not really a TV show. It's not so much a TV show. It's more of a, you know, sort of a, it's kind of like the Marvel thing. You know, it's a, it's a theme park. It's uh yeah. references. It's a pop culture parade. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's just kind of and, and and that means that they kind of sacrifice things in terms of storytelling quality. I would agree that it's like it's a plot machine. Yeah, it's just boom, it rockets forward in terms of plot because I found that it, Stranger Things finds this weird middle ground where the second it introduces a character, I care about them, and yeah. while I'm hanging out with these characters, I really care about them. Yes, but I will be damned if I can recall one single thing that happened in the prior seasons. Not at all. Not at I all. don't remember any of it. And ultimately, it doesn't matter that much because it, it gets you there. So uh, effectively that they more or less jettisoned like that whole season two plot line where they're trying to make it seem like there were more, you know, Eleven goes to Chicago and hangs out with her friend, like number eight. Oh, yeah. Or whatever. yeah. They, they basically just tried to memory hold that and hope that nobody uh, nobody noticed. 
I mean, I appreciate the experiment, but that was definitely the biggest, like they pulled the Trump card in terms of like, we're building, we're building something huge here if we can. Yeah. But uh, I love, uh, I love Eddie shredding to the uh, Metallica. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Every, the casting is always the best part. And I, just like you, I, I end up really liking the characters despite, Mm. you know, everything sort of being frustrated with the writing and the, and the plotting and everything like that. But I, yeah, it, it works at the end of the season. I, I'm gonna hold out my bowl and ask for more. Yes, yeah, that's a good way to put it. I was Every very time. pleased with uh, Murray versus Yuri on the plane because um, yes. that was an insanely heightened moment. That even when there's monsters flying around, I was like, this, this rings false. But it was, it was so funny. And Brett Gelman is such a, a silly guy that it, it all just worked. Absolutely, for sure. Should we start so, counting yeah. them down, or you let's, know what? Let's, let's count them down now. Let's yeah. go this way. These we, these past couple of years have been atypical in terms of the volume of movies and such. Uh, yeah. So uh, there's been a lot of opportunities for new to me movies. Yeah. And so I've watched a few new to me movies this year. That some of them have be- two of them specifically have become my uh, my like like all time favorites. Oh great! And awesome. um, one of them was David Cronenberg's Crash. Okay. I just you, or, I just got that on Criterion Blu-ray right nice. here. Very nice. Part of the Ooh. summer sale. Yeah. I picked up I, on eBay the the Arrow 4K of Crash. Uh-huh, okay. And I don't know the the I'd be curious to see what what features uh, crossover and don't between between the two, two editions, like special features that they have. But um I don't know Crash just blew my mind it's horny and it's about people getting it on in cars and i dig jg ballard i uh i love the book high rise and i actually quite liked that movie adaptation as well and uh yeah. i gotta i gotta hunt down a copy of crash yeah definitely um it's definitely so the it was your first sexy. time you saw it it was my first time seeing it and it was definitely sexier than the other crash <laughs> and um yes <laughs> probably better too but yeah it's my yeah. first time seeing it and it, it was the i've uh, watched it in prep for crimes of the future and uh it just floored me it, like i think i may have liked crimes of the future less because i was still recovering from just having seen crash a few days prior yeah absolutely i there's a lot of imagery from crash that's kind of seared into my memory and you know it fits in perfectly with his themes of you know evolving bodies contorted bodies uh technology influencing bodies and the human need to you know maintain basically you know sexual arousal and release throughout no matter what you know Mm. it's it's really quite a good movie i gotta watch it again soon it's so good i have such a crush on holly hunter and she's really good in it Uh, yeah hell of a performance i mean really across the board everyone's good and then the other one i watched a movie that that I, I might like even better than Crash, even though comparing them is ridiculous. Have you seen Miracle Mile? Never, but I know you oh, keep on talking about it. Man, it, it's, it's I know nothing about it. What's the deal with it? It's so short. Uh, uh, Anthony Edwards, the guy who runs away with the first half of Zodiac, uh, and not the Anthony Edwards from Hustle, the Adam Sandler movie, because I didn't realize he was an athlete. So I watched that whole movie just waiting for Anthony Edwards that I know to show up. But Anthony Edwards is a guy who's in L.A. Uh, I think he's a salesman. 
he's in LA for like a day or two and he's just like he plays saxophone he's hard on his luck he's kind of a nerd but uh you know he's a hopeless romantic is the word and then he has a meet cute with uh with one Mayor Winningham and uh they agree to meet up later but in the interim he accidentally intercepts a phone call at a phone booth where a military man dialed wrong and is basically lets it up that a nuclear bomb is about to destroy Los Angeles within the hour. So it's like an after hour after hours style caper that will end very soon because there's definitely a nuke coming and he's simultaneously, you know, courting a romance and trying to let as many people know as possible. And as heavy as that sounds, it's really just a lot of fun. It's a fun movie. Now that sounds really zany and appropriate fun. And Tangerine Dream does the score. Incredible. Yeah, they're the make and player of music where if they're included, you know the movie is is decent. Your, your I'll, famous I'll make and player rule. Yes, yes, absolutely. The make and player rule. Um, what have you got? What have you for, seen new to you? For me, um, Black Caesar by Larry Cohen uh, was a recent one that I watched. Um, just kind of one of those end of the month about to expire and Criterion. And it just floored me too. It's a it's like an early seventies black exploitation with Fred Williamson, um, and you know it's it's basically a rise and fall kind of Scarface sort of story, but you know, it's really fused with of course the black experience in New York and America, and Larry Cohen's a great director and great writer. This is know, it's he, alive, Larry Cohen. This is it's alive, Larry Cohen. I've who, never but, seen any of his black exploitation. Yeah, but that was like kind of his first thing before, before horror films. Is he had a couple big uh, black exploitation films, and I, I it's it's so good. Um, you, you just kind of got to see it to believe it. Um, you know, maybe maybe I'm overrating it, but it was just one of those ones where we've seen the story a million times, but never quite like this. Um, and then, in addition to Black Caesar, um, I watched Pain and Gains by Michael Bay for the first time this year. And it just completely blew me away. That's a top um, Bay. <laughs> I, I think it's probably his best movie. I would agree. Yeah. I that's, that's the, that's the one Michael Bay movie I own. Yeah. It's a good one to own. Like it's, it's just freaking phenomenal. And, and, you know, Mark Wahlberg and the rock are just so good in it. And they make such poor decisions most of the time in their career, which is why it's like, so frustrating in a way to see them be so good here because mm -hmm. you just wish that they could do that more often yeah because um, they're both great when they're great but when they're not it's just it's yeah. just not a thing yeah because they're kind of making fun of themselves a little bit here yeah. but the reality is these are guys they don't like to do that very often like, yeah. they don't like to be the punchline um, so which, is, which is too bad because they're very good at being the punchline um and then uh, two more, uh, Two Lovers by James Gray. I saw it for oh, the first time. Have you seen that? I love that movie. That one I watched back in the, uh, what's it? what was it called? Filmstruck? Oh, yeah. Before mm -hmm. it became Criterion. I got that yeah. one. Or maybe that was a movie. I don't know. That, really that's, good. Uh, yeah, Carrick's is incredible. Oh, no, this is, uh, this is, this is oh, James Gray. Oh, this is Gray. James Gray. I was thinking yeah. The Lovers on the Bridge. Oh, yeah. No, I, I haven't seen that one. But I will say this, Two Lovers, also incredible. <laughs> nice, awesome. Love that yeah, movie. It's really good. It's like Joaquin Phoenix basically uh, doing the same character he does in the jo in Joker, but like, <laughs> you know, without, you know, uh, without committing, you know, without murdering a television host at the end. Um, 
Uh, James Gray is just a really good New York director. And uh, The Swimmer is the last one I'll mention, which is- I haven't seen that one. Oh man, it's very good. Um, directed by Frank Perry, based off like a short story. Uh, Burt Lancaster, uh, late 60s, is like an ad man who basically decides, you know, wakes up at a, like a friend's house and decides to walk home, but wants to walk home by swimming, like by basically swimming in everybody's pool that he passes by. So he's like, That's cool. I can swim home. Um, and it's it's a it was an influence on Mad Men in terms of style and content. So and I've been doing a Mad Men rewatch this year. Oh, right on! <clears throat> and it just it just floored me. It's so good. It's just a great like '60s suburban ennui kind of film. Um, really beautiful stuff. What the director is known Frank, for anything else? I don't think so, but I believe that he also. It's one of these cases where, oh yeah, no, he he didn't he didn't write it. Um, but the director also did, yeah, you know, a Diary of a Mad Housewife okay. last summer. Stuff that stuff that you know, sixties dramas that I've never seen. But yeah, nice. the swimmer, phenomenal, right on. so good. Yet another case of about to expire on Criterion. Let's check it out. Floored me, really good. Oh man, opening with these movies and then letting Noah from Plus Two Comedy know that it's all about to expire and he's gonna have to do some hunting. This is cruel. Oh my God, uh, he's, he's going to do this too. He always does this. So shout out to Noah at Plus Two Comedy. Follow them. He always does the movie movie challenge where, and you can play along where anytime we mention any movie at all during the year end or mid-year episodes yeah. that you haven't seen, you have to stop the podcast and watch it. Sounds frustrating because it probably is. But uh, Noah does it every so much year. power. I have so much power. It's amazing. We can I do anything. It. I hit him with, and I can say this now, I hit him with Dr. Zhivago last year. Just as, and he did it. And so shout out to Noah. He's going to come on the show and talk about his experience soon. Um, but you we'll try wait. to be kind to you this year with our top 10s. Yes, absolutely. Um, I'll go first so that you can get the one spot at the end, buddy. Oh, thanks, man. Appreciate it. So this one's... Uh, Man, I, it's it's funny. I, I I went into the list thinking I have to like I, I didn't really see that much this year, and then I made a list. I was like, "Fuck, that's thirty movies I can't decide between," and so cutting it down. There's a lot of heartbreaking ones, and I can't believe I made a cut for this because this is almost cheating because this movie isn't out yet. But I saw it last night. And I have it, two of those on this list. So, okay, yeah. cool. So we're good. So last night I saw George Miller's new movie, 3,000 Years of Longing. And um, it's so often we say a movie is indescribable without really meaning it. I can see why this, this movie might have some trouble marketing itself and why there was a press screening quite literally a month and a half before it comes out. Um, I think they're trying to generate buzz and I think that the buzz will be positive because it is awesome. Uh, visually beautiful. Uh, it's very funny. There's some dark elements, but it's ultimately a sweet and hopeful story. And it doesn't unspool so much as a plot as it is a visual manifestation of two people, Tilda Swinton and Idris Elba the genie, uh, recounting stories to one another about their place in life and how it's go how it all interacts with this moment of her finding a genie and honestly that's all i really want to say but it's it's one of those movies that's very heavy with digital imagery but um 
it's not a bad thing because it's used in a sort of painterly way. Like that's part of the aesthetic. It doesn't look like 300, but that's what's popping in my head where like you watch that movie, it's digital, but you can't really have it any other way because it, it, it's a choice. And uh, it's just a gorgeous, gorgeous movie. Brilliant soundtrack, great performances from Idris Elba and Tilda Swinton. And, and uh, there's a couple moments in it that like spooked me in a way that like Crimson Peak did. So it kind of has everything, but it's a wonderful fairy tale and I loved it. It's my number 10. I think George Miller, you know, it's not that he can do no wrong, but you know that he is very unlikely to compromise on his vision. So his movies are very like unmissable. Unmissable. And it's, it, it, he really has hit like so many weird different genres. And uh, like, I wouldn't know some of the, some of the same movies he directed were by him unless I knew. But yeah. watching this sort of, like watching 3000 Years of Longing sort of uh, bridged that gap. Like it allowed me to sort of realize like what his style is amidst that breath. And that's kind of remarkable. So, oh yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Awesome. Uh, my number 10 is Pleasure, uh, which I know right you've on. seen and maybe we'll be talking about later. We could um, be. By Nina Feiberg, I believe. It's probably not Ninja Feiberg. She's from, she's from Scandinavia. So Based it's probably movie, Nina Feiberg. I want to say Ninja because like that movie was so badass. Yeah. Yeah, oh, but Nina is a really good word. I, I think it's probably Nina or Nina. But uh, yeah, just very good movie. Rough look at the porn industry. Um, I can't really think of another movie quite like this um, that I've ever seen before. I mean, I guess Boogie Nights comes to mind, but this, you know, is a hard R, NC-17, X, whatever. I'm not sure what it is, but they don't hold back. And um, it's just a really, you know, the, the thing that separates this from like sort of rise and fall all about you kind of stories is that especially well first of all it's set in the porn industry and second of all in the present it, day in the present day yeah and second of all it um you know you really see it from the main character's point of view like everything everything you see <laughs> is the, her name is uh the actress's name is sophia capel and the character's name is bella cherry everything you see in the movie is basically through her eyes and Whereas, and obviously pornography is something that is predominantly, you know, it's view, it's seen by the viewer. It, there's it's voyeuristic, a, yeah. There's a, there's a voyeuristic gaze element to pornography. And so this movie is like porn without the voyeurism. Mm -hmm. it's, it's porn from the point of view of the person who is being subjected. That's a know? really good way to put it. And it's fast. And so that's just what makes it so fascinating. And, you know, it's work, it's a job. Um, that the beginning of the film, they ask her, you know, when she's coming in from Sweden, are you here for business or pleasure? And, you know, I don't even think she answers it. And then the title appears on screen, pleasure. But, you know, of course, her business is pleasure. You know, that's this is her job. This is her work, you know, and uh, just a really great movie, just showing you a part of, you know, a part of American life that, you know, most people don't get to see. So I just thought it was really interesting. I was blown away by this movie. I, I think it's it's incredible. It will be coming up later. But uh, I like the way that you said that about it because it, it, that didn't occur to me that it was that it eliminates the voyeuristic aspect of yeah. it. Even though watching it, you do feel like uh, you feel the emotional impact of these acts yeah. that in her world should be transactional, but just by the very nature of it are not. And I don't think you can get that from a voyeuristic lens. And yeah. Yeah, man, what a movie. Yeah, it, it's really not like, 
I mean, I don't, it's not a film that's shot to be particularly arousing or titillating. It's, it's very, but also, you know, it's not, it's not like shot like a dogma 95 yeah. film either, you know, but it's um, just the point of view uh, is really what makes it so special. So I, I, I think anyone, I mean, I, I think I would recommend this film to, you know, any of our friends and any of our peers. I think it's great. Absolutely. It's, there's elements that make it a tough sit at points. Of but course, like, of course, of course. It's a movie that went down surprisingly easy and I think has some really good performances from a cast that is almost entirely adult film performers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I highly recommend that one from... Uh, from Nina. Yeah. It, it, it's it kind of like a to me that it could be Nina. I immediately <laughs> went ninja and I feel so embarrassed by that. I mean, you know, who who knows? We should we should try to find out. Um and also, you know, like it, it what it really reminds me of is it's kind of like a Sean Baker film in a way. Mm-hmm. Um except, you know, uh it has that same sort of interest in, you know, the lives of non-professionals more or less playing themselves. Um, very much influenced by like Tangerine, but it's it's also not particularly funny. <laughs> yeah, but but it still has a lot of lightness to it, and oh, life, yeah. and there's scene like the scenes of them hanging out on the couch, and there's a lot her, of friendship. Her main there, roommate, uh, and I looked her up, Zelda Morrison. That's like one of my favorite performances. Of yeah, the year. she's great, and it's a supporting performance, and it, yeah, it, it's just wild. Yeah. Very good movie. I'm very glad I squeezed that in before this episode. Um, All right, my number nine, I knew this was going to be on my list from day one. I don't talk about it a lot, but this is just a like a movie that hit at the right moment and just, I don't even know if it's a great movie, but did you watch Fresh? Oh, yes, with um, with Sebastian Stan Stan. and Daisy... Was Daisy Ridley Jones? Uh, Daisy Edgar Jones. Daisy Edgar Jones. Gotcha. So written by Lauren Kahn, directed by Mimi Cave. Uh, I liked it. I liked Fresh. I liked it so much because Sebastian Stan is an actor who I suspect might be great and who has only recently been showing up in things where we actually get to see that. Um, When he's the winter shoulder, he's fine. Um, But that's not like because he has the metal shoulder. Oh yeah. uh, Oh that's great I love he that. i i i did a a, a thing at comic-con once and i was walking around with a microphone and a camera and every winter soldier i just called them that and you'd be surprised at how few people call you out on it if you just say it it's like so the winter shoulder blah blah blah, and you're talking to them and then they kind of whatever and they keep going and then you go they, so they how kind did of you? assume you made the mistake but actually yes. you're it's a it's a it's a bit but then you go then you to. go how did you build your shoulder what it's what is it made out of and then they get real confused it was a dumb oh, bit that came out great. of weed and coffee but yeah i uh i really enjoyed this movie because it was um it's very fun it has a mean streak it's kind of dark but it's not like particularly like yeah or you know there's i'm sure there's plenty there but it's just a real good genre pick it's made well it looks sharp it reintroduced the song obsession into my life which is Mm. a song that i i love right i drum with it a lot and um yeah it's just one of those like high style fun movies that is aggressive i don't want to say camp but like aggressive fun style that's meant to be winking at you nodding and just like you know trying to get you to get a reaction yeah, it's kind of like in the, you know, it's sort of in the school of Get Out, where it's like, okay, here's a horror film that is about sort of general societal trends, where, but it's not about race, but it's just about 
you know, the dating experience and toxic masculinity and, you know, uh, it's kind of like a a rom-com in a way. There's obviously a rom-com element to it, but then right in the middle of that rom-com drops. You get the title card. You get get hostile, you know what I mean? And that's that, and and I, it balances it really well. And you're, you're absolutely right that Sebastian Stan, it's just like his best performance that he's, he's done so, so far, good. probably. He's there's no wonder. Like I, I, there's no doubt in my mind that she gave him her number. Like yeah. that's as soon as the, the scene, like their meet cute scene. And it's such a gnarly little meet cute that, uh, especially now, you know, having heard so many people speak and being an adult, you know, being approached in the supermarket by a guy is a terrifying experience for a lot of women for good, good, good reasons. But he's and, irresistible. Uh, he's irresistible. And that's, and they really sell you on that. And for the movie to be kind of about that, but and I just had a, a fucking blast of a time watching it. It's a movie that moves rocks. If you drop your title card later than 20 minutes into a movie, oh, yeah. you have my respect for life. And this drops in at like almost the half hour mark. And yes. there's good reason for it. So yeah. right, right when it really gets kicking. Yeah. Oh, it's I, I absolutely love that too. I loved it. Couldn't stop thinking about it. So it's my number nine. Great. Yeah. Um, it was definitely like the March and February. It was like the late, the early spring, late winter of Sebastian Stan, because there was that, and then there was also his performance on Pam and Tommy. Yeah. Where he's, I he's watch just, that. where you know it's not great, but he's easily the best thing in it. Remember uh, I Tanya? Yes, he's he was just, incredible yeah, he's so in that movie, and uh, that was before I, even, I I didn't recognize him in that movie because I only knew him as the shoulder. <laughs> Love it. Well, my number nine is uh, Michael Bay's Ambulance. I knew this was going to come up. Oh, go okay, crazy! Good. Yes, yeah. go wild. I mean, so this has been like a a year. I've been filling in some Michael Bay blind spots. Of course, I watched Pain and Gain. Um, I finally caught up with Six Underground. Um, I watched Bad Boys 2 for the first time, actually. Oh, so yeah. now, now I'm giving you're, you are realized, killing Noah. I love it. I just realized how much. I'm, now, how does how does Bad Noah's Boys 2 stack up against Bad those. Boys Bad Boys for Life or the original Bad Boys, which he now oh. has to watch in that order? <laughs> well, you know, I haven't even seen those other ones. So, so. Uh, <laughs> right on. So well, Noah has more. You saw work the than best one for sure. Ambulance is great. It's kind of like a Tony Scott movie. Um, you know. What a day in Los Angeles, uh, you know, feature length, uh, high speed chase with, uh, you know, with Jake Gyllenhaal and uh, Yaya Abdul-Mateen, the second, um, doing, you know, hijacking an ambulance and a hostage and, you know, Michael Bay going insane with drones, like so much so that there's indoor drone photography. I, I couldn't believe it when we saw it together. I just had to start laughing because yeah. <laughs> who, who the fuck decides to shoot drone footage inside a bank? You know, it just Michael makes, fucking Bay. That's who. And he does it because he can't. And, um, you know, it's it's kind of a dumb movie. It's a little bit it's not totally coherent. And he <laughs> makes a lot of big choices. But I just I had a blast with it the whole time. And we saw it on a huge screen impossibly loud and it was just it was a really thrilling theater experience so hell yeah um, and it's just good to see michael bay like kind of getting back into that sweet spot oh yeah he's getting he's got to get out of franchise and just have some fun yeah exactly and i think he's like he's pulled a werner herzog or christopher walken or jeff goldblum where they like know what they are to the world now and can lean into that as a character yeah and uh 
he's he's definitely bad i uh this this one was this one was not on my list but um it it almost made it on the strength of and i don't have the the handle so i can't credit but somebody asked the question on twitter when was the last time you saw like an actual like piece of craft changing in film you know something on the level of sound something on the level of color something on the level of you know certain editing things and someone retweeted it and they were like yeah like two weeks ago with drones and ambulance and i thought that's not an invalid that's that's a truth yeah yeah in a lot of ways we're gonna see a lot of drone work like that in movies now but he's gonna be the guy he's the neil armstrong that pulled that off Absolutely. and did it for the sake of ambulance so like huge respect to that movie Oh yeah, phenomenal! Just uh, I had so much fun with it, and yeah, I would, I would, uh, yeah, I would recommend that to anybody. I did like, ba- like a baddie Jake Gyllenhaal performance too. Even Unhinged if it's based Jake on Gyllenhaal nothing. is fantastic. Yeah, Nightcrawler was my number one that one year, just because of that. Uh, my number eight. I mean, what what oh, can I, I say? Think, aren't you on nine? No, because I did three thousand oh, years yeah. and fresh. So there eight, we go. yeah. Um, what can I say about this movie that hasn't already been said a million times with a million exclamation points, but um, Rise, Roar, Revolt, a.k.a. R-R-R. That, that's my number seven, so we can just go oh, into it right now. Yeah. Right on. So this was one of those movies that was, just had such a buzz, and so I figured I should pick up a ticket and see it one afternoon. We love the the Bollywood. This is Tollywood. Tollywood, um, yeah. But as the style of that, that area... Uh, it's very long and it has an intermission which is irresistible to me I love that and um, I don't know man this is just a killer action movie it's melodramatic but it has so much heart it's got a great like bromance at the center uh, because it is the genre that it's that it is there are dances and musical sequences but um, it's like go for broke everything cranked up to 11 but the alchemy is balanced in such a way that it consistently works uh when oftentimes i'll watch a movie and it'll be incredible but there'll be like dips and valleys maybe it's because we all binge series now i don't know there's just something about the way their their bromance develops and goes in and out of violence and romances and all this stuff just exquisite i don't even mind that the closing credit dance sequence that clearly has some sort of propagandistic uh military uh governmental i don't have the context to understand it so i'm not even gonna try it was a crazy awesome dance sequence at the end the whole thing rocks yeah i'm that there's a really strong nationalist uh streak that runs through this movie no doubt um but also yeah i i don't really know enough to comment on it other than just simply noticing it um but yeah it's i i agree uh on everything you said the and the dance sequences are just phenomenally good and and then the action sequences electric slide can go cha-cha hustle whatever it's called that can go the wedding dance now is not to not to let's all learn it let's all agree just amazing um yeah there's like about 10 incredible action scenes in this movie um, obviously lots of CGI, but it's CGI that's just used. I don't know what they did, but it just looks really good. And, um, you know, you know that it's quote unquote fake. There's an artifice to it, but it's a really enjoyable artifice to watch. Um, and it's, you know, it kind of, like you said, it has that bromance, uh, like sort of enemy ally, enemy brother kind of thing, like hard boiled. Um, but 
yeah, it's just, it's, it's phenomenally good. And uh, you were the first person who I knew to even mention it. And so once you saw it, uh, that put it on my radar and I'm glad you did because it was freaking great. So that's, that's my number seven. Nice. nice. Oh, right on. I like when I can do that for people. I, um, to comment on the, uh, on the way that the visuals look, it sort of rides on the agreement that we have when we watch like a, like a, a martial arts movie that uses wire work. Yeah. Where we know that's not real, but we agree to the terms of those physics. And then as long as they stay within it, you can do some poetic stuff. And I think the way that the action works here, like there's an agreement of, we're not going full Looney Tunes, but this is, you know, we'll make it make sense, but it's mm -hmm. going to be wild. And I, I love when something can find that. It's like, it's like the stuff of legends, you know, they're like, yeah, it's heightened to the point of, of almost like, you know, like you're telling a legend. Um, and, and I really enjoyed that about it. Nice. So that was your seven. That was my seven and that was your eight. Okay. Right? So I will do so, my seven then. Cool. I, well, how about I do my eight real quick? Oh, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I forgot. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Do your eight. Your eight. I'll, yes. I'll make this one pretty quick too. So oh, it's all good. because it's a very short film after Yang. Uh, oh, Koganada. Oh, you haven't seen it? Okay. No, I want to. Um, very good. Like it's like 90 minutes long. Um, it's how do you even describe this movie? Um, it's a sort of techno, <laughs> I was about to say techno futuristic. And I realized, don't those two mean kind of the same thing? Um, it's a, uh, yeah, Koganada based on a short story about basically in the future, this family's uh, robot son, uh, sibling, brother, basically, you know, stops working and they have to kind of figure out how to move on as a family and or if they can save him, if they can't, and how they adjust and how they grieve, how they mourn. They learn also a lot about this robot's internal life that they didn't know uh, before. So it's kind of like this movie about, you know, it's like that rare hopeful movie about the future and about humans and like our technology and our relationship with technology where it's like, you know, maybe we're not doomed. We're just gonna continue to evolve. And, um, you know, maybe, you know, not to spoil too much, but like, you know, so we, we're human. We think we're the center of everything, but you know, what if there was a romance between a, a an Android and a clone, you know, <laughs> like we, you know, and, almost like a more advanced one than some human beings are capable of you know so it's kind of like this movie that says makes you look in the mirror and says listen i might be human but i have i have my limitations i don't know everything i have i'm flawed i'm doing my best but like you know the future is unwritten and the future will um you know i might not you know maybe we shouldn't be living in this whole technophobic nightmare that we all kind of make up uh, day in and day out. Like yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe it's going somewhere else. Um, you know, I love so. that. That sounds, I've been meaning to see this. I actually did not see uh, that filmmaker's previous movie, which is still on my list. Oh God. It's just, yeah. I think that once you see Columbus is, is one of the best movies of the decade. So uh, I've been meaning to see it. I know it's another nice short one, but it's one that yeah. I just, it's so hard to press play on when I have like I know blood and guts mean. to watch, you know, and it's, Oh, you'll Dan, you will, you will love, you will love Columbus. And I think you'll like after Yang um, uh, quite a bit too. I mean, after Yang also has a great Colin Farrell performance where he's, Oh, right on. he's playing, you know, he's playing a softy, 
Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love it when Colin Farrell can be a softie. Cool. And, uh, yeah, so it's great. Uh, definitely recommend that to anybody. Right on. What's I, your uh, number? Uh, number, I guess we're on what number six now? I'll be or, on my number seven. Number seven. And then we're going to take a quick break and throw an ad in. And uh, we'll be back. So my number seven was uh, On the Count of Three. Uh, yeah, I still haven't seen this. It's uh, really good. It's uh, kind of strange. Pulling it up on my phone right here. It's Gerard Carmichael's directorial debut. Um, stand-up comedian Gerard Carmichael. Um, writers Ari Ketcher and Ryan Welch. And uh, it, star- it stars Gerard Carmichael and Christopher Abbott of uh, Possessor fame. You're welcome for that one, Noah. And um, <laughs> He'll enjoy that. Yeah, that's a wild-ass movie. I don't know if enjoy is the word, but something He'll- will happen. Whatever happens, he's going to watch it. Um, like Tiffany Haddish is in it, J.B. Smoove, Henry Winkler shows up. But um, Gerard Carmichael and Christopher Abbott play two guys who, uh, like the movie quite literally opens with the two of them pointing guns at each other's faces. Because the plan is they both want to die, so they're going to commit suicide by shooting each other. And um, then they it occurs to both of them, like, well, if we're going to die today and it's the morning... You know what's the point of doing it if we if we can't have a day knowing we're going to do it? So let's let's clean up some loose ends. Um, but it's not a zany comedy. It's like it's a dramedy. It's very heavy drama, but it is very funny in a dark, dark way. But it ends up being a movie that is about friendship and is about you know financial disparity, racial disparity. Um, you know, it's it's just about. The idea that you can look at something and think you understand it but when you're inside of it it could be a completely different story if you know what i mean and um but it's i love a good day caper you know just like miracle mile before this it's just yeah, we're yeah. hanging out for a day and it's it's all contained but um i'm really really excited to see what kind of movies carmichael will make in the future because this has a very, very strong eye to it. There's a little bit of, you know, it's my first movie shagginess to it that I think works to its benefit, but might not necessarily be intentional. But uh, I mean, he's a great comic. So uh, he's going to he's gonna do good things if he continues to go down the path of uh, being a filmmaker as well. And Christopher Abbott, he's just, he's always so good. So and, good. Uh, he does when a very you think about how here. girls, like... Girls introduced the world to Christopher Abbott. So and many Driver. people. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's it's worth it just for that. And you know, I thought I didn't think it was a bad show at all. Um, um, so, but yeah, I've never it's, actually it's, seen it. I mean, it's great alone just for Christopher Abbott and Adam Driver. Nice. I mean, I'd I'd watch it. I I liked Tiny Furniture. Uh, what's yeah. her name gets a bad rap and Lena she, could be, yeah. she could be her own worst enemy, but there's oh. no denying that. Uh, that enjoy uh, Noah. Enjoy Noah. <laughs> Does yeah. Noah have to watch the entirety of Girls now? No, no, no. I don't. I don't think it's the, the TV is, doesn't count. We do this to Noah, but the world must understand. No, I didn't no make one does this to himself. No he volunteered. He created all the rules himself and is subject to change them anytime he wants. And respect to Noah, he's committed to it. He has not he, changed the rules. He knows that this isn't a podcast where we talk just about like fun ninety-minute weird <laughs> yeah. movies, like comedies or. Like he knows that this is a movie where we're going to occasionally bring out the three hour heavy. We got him with Memoria at the the outset of the year. And I don't believe he was a fan. I think that's still his least favorite one, which, which, which is very, you know, 
which I feel uh, takes some honor in being a, oh, right on. one of my top picks. You know, I mean, that's what it gets for being dead wrong. That movie rules. <laughs> rules. But I, but I totally get it at the same time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I totally get it. Yeah. So, okay, we did a little math there while we were. So I'm on number six. Um, I am absolutely positive that this is going to come up again. Maybe it'll come up now. But okay. um, my number six is Top Gun Maverick. It's not. It's not. It's not. Later. Yeah. Oh, no. Um, this one, I, I'm going to chalk up to the same reasons that, uh, that you put am, uh, ambulance in yours, is that yeah. what I loved about Top Gun Maverick is that I had the best time watching that movie. It was just the best time. And, I, and there's really not much more I could go into. Like, I don't even really love Top Gun. Um, that's a movie, I think I might even be quoting you here, that you appreciate and you love, even if you don't really like it. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's very accurate. Um, and I love I love Tony Scott. But uh, it's just like a killer action picture. It's like an old-fashioned wham, wham whiz bang good time. Tom Cruise, the just powerfully durable superstar he can sidestep physical injury insane controversy and the fact that we've all accepted that he's a complete fucking psychopath uh it doesn't matter because he will fly the plane and he will fly the plane fast and he's apparently great to work with and it takes everything that i like about top gun uh and elevates it and it takes everything I don't like about Top Gun and throws it in the trash while still delivering something that is very, very much a great sequel to Top Gun. Um, it's an emo- it's more emotional than it has any damn right to be. Um, but I mean, he, uh, Kaczynski, Joseph Kaczynski directed the hell out of it. I uh, know Macquarie did a, did he do the script or was he a co-writer? He- yeah, he, I mean, Macquarie is basically Tom Cruise's guy at this point. Yeah, so yeah. he kind of, I think he just got brought on to like, you know, make sure it was up to, to up to snuff, basically. To tom it up. Yeah, there's a yeah, bunch yeah. of people on the script. Eric Warren Singer, Aaron Kruger, Justin Marks, Peter Craig, yeah. Jim Cash, Jack Epps Jr. There's a lot going on there. But oh yeah. It was uh you know, we saw this in the Dolby Theater. So the yep. you know, it was very loud. You're in the recliner. I felt like that guy in the old RCA getting everything blown back. Yep. Um it, it was it was it's why you go to the movies because it's a big old movie and it's a big um, old movie yeah. I, I i loved it i loved it it's so exciting it's so much fun the stakes are huge while also tiny um it it, it almost comically avoids trying to tie into any real world conflict um yeah, despite it, it's being like definite actually. like rah-rah military shit nonetheless you, you um, don't even see like a like you know the the bad guys are wearing like top to foot to head like gear so you don't yeah. even you don't even see a like a piece of skin you yeah, know they're, I mean? they're putties from yeah from power Rangers. i they're think just it's bang- iran but we don't really know at the same yeah time. like you have to run the numbers <laughs> for it to be around um, yeah yeah because i feel like the first one was more specific with who but in the same way did not yeah, give the a cold face. war they didn't give a face to the enemy. It was they sure, were they yeah. were covered the same way. But I don't even think these planes are labeled. Um, it's yeah. but there's there's a moment where Tom Cruise has to do an insane thing in his plane to prove to all the people next in line that it can be done. And it is a rousing moment that just rocked my world. Yeah, and it could have been a movie about how uh, 
how uh why can't it maverick <laughs> how maverick, how maverick is uh we took a break <laughs> it could be a movie it could be a movie about how maverick is irrelevant and what's happening but instead it's a movie about a guy faced with irrelevancy learning that he's a great teacher and yeah. that is a really heartwarming thing like the same thing that kept him that the same attitude that kept him from wanting to be promoted in the military is also the same attitude that makes him someone that the next him can connect with it's yeah. it's kind of beautiful in that way it's a it's like a, a a parenting story in that way without you know any sort of suggestion that that tom cruise is a sexual being yeah oh i mean that's that's we were talking about that in our group chat about how he when it comes to like for, it's bizarre for being, you know, a former like basic, you know, like a sex icon. Um, it's bizarre that he, you know, in his middle age, just seems like a complete alien when it comes to yeah. the act of physical intimacy, um, which like, is appropriate considering his religion. He's yeah. the guy hitting the computer, the ha, ha, you know, but he's just he's just hitting his his wife yeah. like, ah, what does this do? Ah, yeah, he, he has ah, no idea. Yeah, ah. or he's just disinterested in it. He's like yeah, kind yeah. of cut that part of himself off a little bit he's just doing um, push-ups yeah basically if she wants to get under him then they'll have sex but otherwise it's push-up time for tom <laughs> he's just he couldn't be less interested in it. um the, so the love scene with jennifer connelly is is kind of hilarious um in that sense because very just... smartly they cut out all audio and made it a quick just montage where the edits and the soft focus did the work and they just had to sit in bed next to one another yeah that's all and that's all it, honestly like he burned all of it out at eyes wide shut and that's and yeah. i'm glad he did because that's a great movie and so but i didn't need to be bogged down by too much romance of yeah. course he's gonna slay he's maverick go fly a plane yeah i was a little i to to add some some contrast here i was i was a little disappointed in some aspects of it but i don't know what i was expecting like i i almost wanted it to be a sort of it, it was certainly commentary on the first one but it it had no interest in analyzing its place in the world it had no interest in looking at you know the legacy of the military it had no interest in looking at nope. the legacy of the war on terror the invasion of iraq it, I mean, you know, these it's are people just who, planes. yeah, it's just planes. It, it's not even war. It's just like, but it, but the thing is that it is like, you know, I'm watching it. I can't detach those things. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and the movie wants you to, and, and I just simply couldn't basically. So no, I get, I get it. Cause yeah. like you watch that movie and it does feel absent. Cause you're like, cause it does feel like this is all for nothing except for the characters. Yeah. But I also like the idea, like maybe it's a good thing that I've reached a level where if I see like a military thing, I I, I don't want to go down that path. Like demilitarizing my mind in terms of like, yeah, I don't I, I don't love America's uh, military policy with the world. We'll say, and uh, it's it, almost like it's changing my DNA to not think of things as war minded. Yeah, I'd rather yeah. him win for the sake of a personal victory than for the sake <laughs> of the country. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah, that character sure, victory sure, sure. that, that to me, I would, I would like a movie to go that way. Now, does the movie have a responsibility to, to deal with that? Perhaps it does. So, you know, well, what, whether it has a responsibility or not, I don't know, but I just know that it, uh, I was sort of waiting for it to go there, which is yeah, bizarre yeah. because it, it, I don't know why I was waiting for it to go there because Tom Cruise, 
he is a guy who at least for a long time now has strayed far away from anything that could be considered remotely controversial yeah um, just tie him and, to the plane yeah that they, <laughs> that's basically it he wants to entertain us he doesn't want us to like really you know think too hard about it basically um, i think that's so, where yeah. uh will smith's gonna go we're gonna get a real hard-working will smith that just comes out and bangs that entertainment and it's gonna be awesome and i'm here for it i hope yeah, it's okay yeah. I do too. Yeah. I, I would like to see him, you know, do more stuff. I hope everybody's okay, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah everyone's okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, my number six was everything everywhere all at once. Maybe okay. this will come up later. It's going to come up later. So just briefly, I'll say, you know, the moral of the story is be weird, be kind, be gross, be patient with yourself and with the people in your life. Uh, you know, do your jokes to death. Um, you know, like be here now strengths and weakness strengths are the same as weaknesses you know your strengths in one place are weaknesses in another uh we're all very stupid it's a miracle that we're here um you know this and it's a movie i can honestly say i have not seen a movie quite like this since the matrix i i I will say that in terms of the sheer scale of original science fiction uh, it was phenomenally good and and very funny i had a blast watching it uh, the jokes about the everything. I mean, there were just so many jokes in it that just, you know, I could barely keep up with. Um, and, and they were all very funny. You can kind of see them like writing these jokes and trying to figure out how can we reverse engineer to fit them into the movie? Yes. Yeah. Um, they must yeah. have like the giggliest writing sessions. Oh my God. Yeah. And it's just in general, like, I know you love Swiss Army Man. Love I, and I know it's like your favorite movie of the, of the, of the tens, right? And, and this, and I like Swiss Army Man quite a bit. And I thought this was like a huge step up at not, even if not in terms of like, whether you like the movie or not, just the sheer production, just the scope oh of it is, God. it's mind bending. Yeah. Yes. Just, as, just, it, as it appropriately should be. Yeah, I love absolutely. the idea, like multiverses, we think of them now as, oh, that's a clever way to get as many brands under one roof as possible. Yeah, but they kind of went the other way with it. That's like, no, this is literally an infinite imagination imagination thing. Yeah. So we have to imagine, and they just said yes to every impulse of imagination. Right. I love that. I love it. I um, I watched uh, Doctor Strange, uh, Multiverse of Madness today for the first time, and and that's an example of, you know, increasingly in the Marvel universe, it's hey, let's use the multiverse as a nice narrative excuse to do whatever we want and be able to undo it if we want and have basically no stakes whatsoever yeah Uh, but but this movie is like no like the multiverse is basically like you know your mind there's just so much going on past present future other lives other roads you could have taken it's all there happening everything everywhere all at once once. yeah it's um I was just absolutely blown away by this movie. I think it's just so creative and fun. I love when, like, this is the definition of a movie movie. They use everything, everywhere, all at once. And it's, it's like the, it's the kind of thing that, that it it goes so big while still remaining like a tight little story, but it's, it's also crass and there's butt plug jokes and, you know, there's weird things. Yeah. And it's just for this. I, I bought the, like the A24 textbook companion to this movie. They got me. They got me. Uh, damn you, A24. And, uh, but it's great. And it's, it's almost like a fun 
poetic science book about different multiverse theories. So like they're the Daniels are all in. Yeah. Um, that'll that saves us an entry later that'll eat up time. So uh, my number five, right? We're on number five. five We're yeah. halfway through, and my number five is Baz Luhrmann's stunning epic, Ugh. Elvis. It, it kills me that I haven't seen this yet. I mean, I think I'm perfectly predisposed to love this kind of thing because I'm always picking up what Baz Luhrmann's putting down. He's another guy, say yes to every impulse and just goes and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but like he shoots for the moon so he always explodes into the sun it is and this movie is that i have no love for elvis i know a couple songs i know that my nana who just celebrated her 96th birthday on july 4th um she loved elvis i know that elvis uh, as we learn more about him is a problematic figure and i know that elvis died on the toilet and that's all I brought to this movie. Like I have no personal connection to Elvis. So it was really great to just watch from detachment, the original archetype of the rise and fall of the rock star Elvis through the lens of Buzz Lerman. It is insane. It's insane. That's great. I love it. Um, You, you saw the King, right? That documentary. Yes. Per your recommendation. And Noah loved that one. So shout out again, Noah. Yes. Yeah. There we go. Um, so I, I mean, that's a phenomenal documentary and that's totally Elvis pilled me when I, when I saw it, because it, I just realized, man, this Elvis is kind of an artist situated right in the intersection of America. It's like pop, you know, pop culture, music, uh, race, um, entertainment, politics, just everything it's all right there and um Uh capitalism commercial you know capitalism obviously uh full house real estate you know (laughs) las vegas uh it's all just right there and i cannot wait to see the movie because you know it kind of see i have a sense that it will sort of well i have no idea what it's going to do but i'm just i'm excited because i love elvis and i think you're gonna see what happens i suspect that you'll love it if it sounds like you have the right attitude and austin butler uh, really crushes it does an awesome job and honestly like even though the tom hanks character is ridiculous it fits I- i'm ready for it, <laughs> it yeah, it's Boz lerman it. my favorite character in the movie is the guy that they keep showing add and removing the bottom part of the l on the elvis sign in front of the casino in vegas where he has a residency and it's just like the best shorthand for rising and falling is oh he's taking the l down oh he's putting the L. it's there we go bonkers Great. The first time he learns to wiggle and America just just collectively has has a, a sexual awakening. It's yeah, it's unbelievable. So five is Elvis for me. Awesome. I highly I'm recommend trying to see that tomorrow. I think with the caveat that all listeners, you might hate it. You might yeah. hate it so much. And that's fine because I yeah. get it. It's it's in, it's insane. Right, right, right. It's 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 insane. I can't say this enough to you, Andy. It's insane. Well, I love that there is like a big summer movie that's insane. It's insane. I mean, that's great. That's great. Like five minutes into it, I felt like I was punched in the face. It was, it's nuts. Truly nuts. It's like, it's like the speed racer of biopics. Oof. Yeah. I'll say no more. I'm there. I will um, say no more. My number five is once again, a movie that hasn't come out yet. So I guess I'm saving Noah some trouble. Um, it's, 
three of my top five, by the way, I saw at the Philadelphia Film Society Spring Fest in April. I know so exactly shout out to them for, for programming things. Well, uh, may, maybe not this one, actually. This one's called Emily the Criminal. Oh, I'm not familiar with um, that. One. Oh, man. It's coming out in August. It's got Aubrey Plaza. Um, Theo is like, this is like her, you know, one of her, I mean, I already love Aubrey Plaza. So basically taking her performance of like Ingrid Goes West and turning it into like sort of an actual lived in gritty crime thriller. Um, nice. So so she plays like, so she plays like a Jersey girl who's living in LA. She's saddled with student debt. She's just like crushed with loans. Um, she's working in the gig economy, which is just, you know, it's, it's not, she's fallen on hard times, but she's just like so many other people, right? Um, so she basically winds her way into this like credit card scam scheme. Oh shit. And does she do this a lot? Uh, oh no, no, not at all. It's not. She doesn't roll her eyes. She doesn't roll her eyes. No, I love it when she rolls her eyes. She no. And the reason why is because she will stare you right in the fucking eyes and just, and just like crush your soul just from looking at you. She can do Um, that too. Yeah. So she's just really good in it. Um, and it's kind of similar to that rise and fall. It's basically like Scarface, except nice. it's in the credit card scam underworld of Los Angeles. A really non-flashy, non-exciting world that has no real glitz or glamour or glory. But it's just simply people trying to survive, trying to hustle just to live. And that sounds like, um, I've never even heard of this. That sounds awesome. Oh yeah. It's coming She's out. She's another August. one like Sebastian so, Stan. I think she is a much better better actress than than yeah. we know her to be, even as fans. Like we're gonna see a lot of like weird little breakouts. Like yeah. I didn't love oh, that yeah. Black Bear movie, but she's great in it. Like yeah, really yeah, yeah. great. It also has that 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 Abbott kid. Yes, yes. I wrote but, that one down. That's going on my list. So definitely check it out. Um, it's like the John Patton Ford is the director. It's like his first movie. Uh, this came out at Sundance in January um i saw it i just i loved it it's so like angry it's it's like a primal scream at you know at the at capitalism at the way that you know millennials have sort of been like you know kept out of you know like access to their share of material wealth yeah yeah in in the society and i mean gig economy says it all yeah it's simultaneously the best and the worst thing yeah it's 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 just basically like, you know, yeah, that, that, that's all I'll say about it. It's great. Sold. Um, go Sold. see it in August. Yeah. What's your number four? My number four is a movie that I actually pointed to you to watch before this in case you might love it. Um, I, I was blown away by Watcher. Yes, I did watch it last night and it was great. Absolutely. It's a it's just a also played at Spring Fest, but I didn't catch it there. Oh, I wanted to see it there. I was not able to make it. This is the first horror movie in a while that, and I say horror, it's not really a horror movie so much as it's like a thriller. Um, this is uh, by Chloe Okuno, uh, written by Zach Ford and Chloe Okuno. And um, it has uh, Micah Monroe in it from It Follows, which is probably the last movie to scare me. This movie scared me. This was scary. Um, and it's just about a young woman living out of country for the first time 
um, doesn't know the language. So her husband's kind of her shepherd and she has to stay home every day while he works. And it's a new position. It's a fresh job overseas. It's like big opportunity that'll come after a bit of struggle, but doubly so on her part, even though she's not the employed one. And she starts to get suspicions that the man across the street from her apartment is looking into their window. And so this is just what escalates from there, but it's a slow burn. Um, it's presented in a way to always leave you questioning who's telling the truth, why, what, and how. Um, it's another one though that similarly to On the Count of Three speaks to the idea that something from the outside can look a lot different than it is on the inside. And uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's a fascinating concept that that uh, this movie turns into a thriller. But it also has like a really great like like uh, you know sort of like. I don't want to say anything spoily, but it has like a really great stamp at the end that just lets you know, like, come on. And um, really is it, good does stuff. it have to do with the look? The look. The look. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the look is great. This is a movie that, uh, much like the taking of Pelham 123, you're welcome, Noah. Um, <laughs> much like yeah, that there, movie. There's a similar ending. Wow. Well, that's funny. It, ends, it ends on a look. And it ends on a look, yeah. This whole movie builds up to that look, and in my estimation, it's a home run. But there's a scene on a subway, and that's yes, all I'll say yeah. about it. That is super intense, and it is it is like all time great scary horror filmmaking. Uh, yeah. Even you could cut this segment out and just call it a short film, present it with no context, and it would scare yeah. the shit out of you. So <laughs> highly recommend. I yeah. love. I I thought this movie was going to be like, oh, cool, a decent new horror movie, and yeah. man, I loved it watcher and it's on hulu like watch it watch it is it on hulu i, I don't think it is yet actually no, it's, it's, not still, on it's still on vod but VOD, yeah. okay i i, I it's gave on them apple my money. tv yeah. yeah i i i rented it last night i gave him my money and nice. uh, i'm happy i did yeah the subway scene is great TV is where i got it the um, uh oh, so good yeah it's 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 just great it's like eastern european the euro horror kind of like a polanski vibe um, fresh is on hulu that's what I was fresh thinking. is on hulu yeah, yeah uh really good um burn gorman is, is amazing micah monroe blew me away um so good it, it's kind of like her it follows character but you know i would say six or seven years later you know it's like what if that girl sort of grew up and got you know got married uh she's traumatized from having a invisible ghost following her around um and and now but, someone might be following her <laughs> right, right right a real human not like a specter you know uh, so it's a very, I, I just love this role where she felt very lived in kind of like, there's not much to her, you know, she's like a pretty face, like, which is pretty similar to like the Catherine Genev character in Repulsion. Um, there you go, Noah. And, but, um, uh, so, but hey, even if there's not much to her, like, she, she's a human being. Why do we live in a society where this guy can do this and nobody believes her? And it's um, it's also similar to Pleasure, now that you'd say it like that, where it's like, this movie's really good at putting me in her shoes. Yes, exactly. You know, and like making me understand why she feels something's happening. Yeah. It's uh, real good stuff. I, But like legit, the, the highest praise I can give it is like, I watch a lot of horror movies. Very few like scare you. Yeah. This scared me. And uh, so high praise. Was, I audibly yelped and gasped a few times. Yeah, um, I was and, I was yeah. real tuned into this one, and yeah. so hell yeah, watch Watcher. Uh, I my number four is Flux Gourmet, which is probably the one you were thinking that I was going to say. Um, by Peter no, Strickland. I was, 
Oh, okay. I won't say in case it comes up. Yeah, my there's one more I was thinking of. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that, that'll come up later. So Flux Gourmet, Peter Strickland, so funny, um, kind of a dry humor, uh, Yorgos Lanthimos type of thing. Sort of, you know, this elevated farcical world. Uh, it's basically like a feature length behind the music comedy, but you know, it's not like a band. But they are they are a band, but they're doing like a residency as. And how do I even describe this as culinary sound artists? It's weird. <laughs> it is. It is weird. I mean, if you've seen the Duke of Burgundy and in fabric, you know to, what to expect. But this was just like this is the funniest movie I've seen this year. Uh, the, there's a main narrator who's like doing a voiceover throughout, but he can't. But he basically can't describe any of the things that he's supposed to be describing. <laughs> he's, just, he's just preoccupied with uh, his flatulence. And he, just, <laughs> he can't stop talking about it. So it's, it's like, so funny. It's so funny. I, I lost it. It like, took me a minute to like get that it was being funny, which happens with all of, uh, all of Strickland's movies. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this it's like pretty uproarious by the time it reaches a pitch. I think that uh, Gwendolyn Christie is like real funny in this. Oh, and, yeah, um, and and also like pretty intense character. Like it's it's pretty wild, but they, yeah, they man, made, that movie uh, is great. Asa Butterfield, like the first time he's, he's they've always oh, yeah. been trying to make Asa Butterfield happen and they've never really done it. And they finally made Asa a Butterfield happen. He was he's great in this. Highly recommend looking at his Wikipedia because I did so after I watched Flux Gourmet and he is wildly accomplished and very busy with things that aren't acting that are all notable and and interesting. Uh, He seems like a pretty interesting guy. Um, But I do like, he's fantastic in this. I I liked this movie a lot. I think I need to sit on it more before it could enter the list. Yeah. But, um, oh, and you know what? the way because they are culinary sound artists the movie by design has a pretty like killer score yes 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 oh it's great it's it's i love it what's your number three my number three i'm curious as if this will show up uh, on your list but it's like the most metalist metal movie i've ever seen in my life the northman it, i d- did not show up on my list no. okay but good movie though it's metal anybody who knows uh eggers knows that he's doing just he's always going for the most aggro shit in whatever genre he's playing in and this is his viking revenge movie and it's metal as all hell it sort of undercuts the the standard trope of the hamlet story he, despite the fact that his lead character's name is amleth he just moves the h to the back <laughs> um i didn't so even pick up on that it's not subtle at all but the movie's never subtle this also fe- prominently features flatulence at the beginning um you know, this is a movie where Robert Willem Eggers loves him some flatulence. Loves him some flatulence. He, uh, he's this movie features Willem Dafoe giving Ethan Hawke and his kid uh, hallucinogenic drugs, and then they run around like <laughs> wolves, burping and and pissing and farting. And that time, that time I took mushrooms with my dad and his weird yeah. friend. <laughs> Yeah, it really like yeah, it's it's nuts, but it's also a, just a really action-packed, intense, exciting revenge movie. But it's very artistic, and it has a very soft edit to it. Everything melds together almost like a music video. It's uh, and Skarsgård's incredible. Anya Taylor Joy's incredible. Ethan Hawke for the short time he's in the movie is incredible. It's just. I understand it was extremely difficult to make, but whatever pains they went through uh, really just paid off. It is one of the best revenge movies I've ever seen. It's certainly the best Viking movie I've ever seen. And 
I'll say it again. It is just so completely metal from moment one to the last moment. It's nonstop metal. So the metalist metal ass fucking shit he ever saw was the Northman. Highly recommend if anyone who hasn't seen it. Noah, you're welcome. Although I suspect you've seen this one, sir. No, it's that's really good. I think that's gonna show up on a lot of maybe year-end lists for people. My uh, 4K is gonna show up on my doorstep in about two days, and I'm gonna watch that at full volume. Awesome. In just my boxers, and I'm gonna yell, and I'm gonna hold a stick. (laughs) And when Jenna comes in, I'm gonna be like, "Get out! Get out! Ah! This is wolf time!" Why you're wearing like a a bear head that you you know? It'll just be my cat asleep on my head. She's pretty (laughs) chill. Ah! I've skinned the rabbit. I'm grilling him over a. a oh spit. no! Don't do that. Sorry. I'm wearing his furs. What movie did we see where there were rabbits? Was it Flux Gourmet? No, wait. we saw a movie where there were there were rabbits in peril this year, and I was oh. sitting next to you, and I was like, "No, I, this must be hard for you to watch." Couldn't have been Flux Gourmet. We didn't see no, that it together. Wasn't Flux Gourmet. Um. I'll. I'll. I'll, oh, I'll... Wait, was it Jurassic World Dominion? Oh, it was. I think it was. Oh, no, I'm so sorry. Very forgettable. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so sorry, yeah, you know. Hey, no, actually, enjoy- I, I, I had a lot of fun with that terrible movie. Hey, man, if you want to go to, like, a cold air-conditioned movie theater on a hot day for a couple hours, Jurassic it's World not movie. so bad, yeah. You made a bet with a... You made a promise to a dinosaur. You made a promise to a dinosaur. Dinosaur. Yeah, yeah. My number three... Um, surprisingly is the batman oh dude um, the most pain, the hardest cut but i figured it just went without saying that yeah. i loved the batman i mean i i it's great i it's was great i saw it and it stayed with me uh which which is very surprising because superhero movies don't often stay with me um they made the smart decision to you know it's kind of following in that joker thing where they're like okay let's take existing ip to create sort of a gritty throwback to 70s and 80s films. Um, and, you know, in this case, it's kind of, you know, there's like a Chinatown vibe. Um, and I just loved it. Robert Pattinson's great. Um, it's, it's very long, probably too long, but the mood is there. The music is beautiful. Um, it's got a Zodiac thing. Paul Dano is fantastic as the fantastic. Riddler. And I just, I don't know, man, I, it was great. It was a really cool new direction for a very familiar character. And uh, yeah, I, I'm in it. I want to see uh, what's next for this iteration of Batman. 100% agreed. I think that Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon is galaxy brain level casting. <laughs> it's perfect. It's, it's perfect. so good. It's so good. Yeah, dude, that movie's incredible. He's got taser fingers. That car rips. Um, yeah, yeah. To my credit to Batman is I was so excited about it. And then I, I was up for about 36 hours because I had really bad food poisoning. And that movie, three hours long, held me in its grips despite being just resisted on every front by my physical condition at that point. So, uh, and my copy just arrived. Oh, I was perfect. disappointed that in the eyeball of Batman on the front, there's the little Riddler question mark. I feel like that doesn't need to be there. When I, yeah. I didn't notice it on the poster, when I saw it, I was like, that's gaudy, but that's fine. Yeah. Love that movie. What's your number two? Oh, there's Speaking not much more to say name. about it. My, my number two was Pleasure. Oh, wow. From our friend okay, Nina. Awesome. Um, I 
I'm a sucker for a movie that like really tries to make you uncomfortable on a visceral level. I'm yeah. a sucker for a movie that really does not give a fuck what the audience watching thinks about it. It's just going to do what it's going to do. And so I was immediately in love with this movie from the moment it came out the gate. And then to be so profoundly moved by it and so impressed by all the performances, it was just, I'm so glad I squeezed this in. So many people recommended this to me. First was you, uh, Liam from Cinepunk. Shout out Cinepunks. He hit me with it. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, whew. I loved it, man. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. We'll watch it again. Number two, pleasure. Nina Thyberg. Great. Oh, yeah. Awesome movie. Um, number two for me is We're All Going to the World's Fair. Oh, I thought about putting this on, but I would need to see it again. Yeah. Uh, Jane Schoenbrunn. And I, it's, it's a weird movie, man. Um, and I don't even think I really realized how much I loved it until after it was done. Um, it's about this girl who, you know, lives on the internet basically like so many of us do. She's like a high schooler lives this kind of isolated life in like upstate New York. And she's just uh, kind of basically falls into these sort of like creepypasta Slenderman type of worlds. Um, you think it's gonna be sort of like a horror film in that regard, but it's more like something like Teton, like Julia Ducarno's film where it's like, you know, here's kind of a lost soul um, that we meet who's kind of going deeper and deeper into something and you know, there then it becomes an unexpectedly sweet story of like an older person trying to basically reach out and touch her more or less, you know, try mm. to help her, you know. Um, and there's a lot that the movie doesn't explain and that it doesn't, you kind of have to figure it out for yourself, which is kind of like what the experience of living on the internet is. We, we have to sort of make up these stories about what happened to people and um, it reminded me a lot of my younger uh, days of like being on live journal and, you know, early yeah. 2000s internet. It captured um, that vibe that I used to get on the basement computer when you didn't even really know yes. what to do with the internet. You were just sitting on the forefront and trying to yeah. figure it out. Just exploring. Um, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I really love this movie and I, I intend to watch it again because um, I watched it a few months back. But yeah, uh, yeah I was very impressed with it. Because, and I, you know, I love me some found footage and it is like yes. a screen life found footage movie. And it has a beautiful Alex G score. Um, loved it. Yeah, really does. Yeah. yeah. What's your Another filmmaker that that I feel like is on my never miss list is Sean Brown. Nice. Yeah. What, what's your number one? So, I mean, we knew everything, this was coming up. Everywhere. It's everything ever all at once. And everywhere. so I made this note of this was this movie was as if if tree of life was made more to my tastes because it's <laughs> that makes so much sense noah i'm sorry and you're welcome uh for that one uh it's a uh the the idea being that both tree of life and this speak to the uh the simultaneous truth that everything is so vast and so chaotic and so ultimately pointless that you shouldn't get too hung up on it but also at the same time, because of that, also every little thing you do is important in its own way. So be thoughtful, be kind, be connected, be love yeah. and live that life. 
but uh you know find that joy there yeah. and you know it's it seems to me if based on the two movies from from the daniels duo that this is something that that they feel they yeah. they hit these big profound ideas in such playful ways and then also uh michelle yo just like going to 11 doing everything that she has like every tool she has employed for this movie yeah and also, and now I'm going to forget his name, but I, it's probably bad to just call him short round. Oh, yeah. No, I was thinking that's that that he he makes a really, really triumphant return. Um, hey, Hui Kwan. Yeah. Where has he been? You know, and yeah, like like a lot of child actors, he who knows, you know, but he I really hope this gets him more stuff because he's so good. In it. He's so good. And uh, James Hong, you know, uh, legend, yes. legend putting in a late stage thing. Yeah. I just I there's very few movies that are so like like perfectly on brand for my tastes mm -hmm. and Daniels are two for two on that front and like hit me at good times like Swiss Army Man hit me at a time when I started thinking about my own personal mental health and I think that movie speaks to that a lot yeah and this movie hits at a time where like it's suddenly hitting me that I am I'm approaching middle age and I'm what could be called old and I am still immortal. I am a mortal, not immortal. And so these yeah. are, these are thoughts that you have. And I think these movies are very soothing ways to entertain me while, Great. while doing that best Love movie it. of the year so far, everything ever all at once. What's my, your one? My number one. And I know we've got to do this quick um, all good. is resurrection, which hasn't come out yet. Um, and it is uh, if you like the watcher, I think you'll love resurrection. It's actually good that we don't have much time because the less I say about it, the better. I've been about. bugging press people for a resurrection yeah. screener, like an annoying little jerk. It, it, it's, it's Rebecca Hall and Tim Roth. Um, it, it was not the movie I was expecting at all. I knew it was kind of one of these things where you're like, oh, there's like a twist or there's something, something that happens, like something that you don't understand. And it just, it, it was, it, like halfway through the movie, you're going to be like, are you fucking kidding me? Um, and oh, I, God damn you, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I just loved it. The highest praise possible that not highest praise possible, but very high praise that I give to this movie is that it made me feel like emotionally sick. You know, yes. Yes. So honestly, if that's, that's what you I want out of art, on my list, pleasure and watcher both got me in ways. Yeah. That I was like, I feel emotionally changed. I, th I think resurrection will do that to you too. Uh, I love so Mr. Rebecca Hall. See it, uh, see it as soon as it as soon as you can. Um, Who made it? So freaking good. Another like basically new director. Uh, the name is Andrew Andrew Siemens. Andrew Simons. Yeah, this is like his first. This is like his big debut, basically. I love Rebecca Hall. She's directing movies. She's doing genre stuff. She's just yeah. like, and she's man. She's owning it, man. She's, she's fantastic. owning it, and like, she's one of those like she's like an everyman and every yeah. woman. Yeah. Right on. Right on. Well, that, well uh, that's it, man. It's been a that good was year it. so far. Because of the limitations of Zoom, we're like rushing. So I'm going <laughs> to throw out I'm going to throw out a couple honorable mentions. Jackass Forever, The Batman. Uh, we're all going to the World's Fair. X, Duel. Very, very good. Uh, Crimes of the Future, Deadstream. Uh, and uh, and Norm MacDonald's final special. Great. Love it. Yeah. Um, Any quick I, honorable mentions? We have less than a minute. Oh my god. Um. I yeah. Not really. I mean, I think I pretty much said them all. Oh, I loved Hustle, man. Adam Sandler's Hustle, Hustle. is great. And I'd um, like to shout out Studio Six Six Six, the Foo Fighters horror movie. Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. Taylor Hawkins. That was a lot of fun. Well, you can find me on Letterboxd at Golden Hair. 
check me out check me out i'll do another postscript after this with my plans. okay let's enjoy what little time we have with okay Andy. i see i see so yeah so so hustle um was great the contractor this is red i loved it chris pine and ben foster reunite oh, i'll watch that check it out man um it's, it's like a dad movie and but i love dad movies uh but yeah uh, it's been a great year and it will continue to be right <laughs> we really screw the listeners at the end we go so deep <laughs> at the beginning and at the end it's like oh, no, no, no. hey man we love good. you know a plus two comedy yeah there you go so there it was the best of 2022 thus far wow i can't believe it's july I can't believe it's July. It's July, what is it? July 8th. Time has no meaning. It's a flat circle. Work is consuming everything. And the world is falling apart. But you know what? We got movies. And we saw some good ones this year. Uh, lots and lots of good stuff. Uh, once again, thank you to Andy, who can be found at Golden Hair on Letterboxd. And also shout out to Noah and uh, the gang at Plus Two Comedy for uh, always partaking. We tried to be lenient on you this uh, this half year, but um, we'll be having a Noah on again soon. And I'm saying that here because I know he's going to listen, and then it'll force him to be like, yo, when can I be on the show? Because I, I'm lazy and I, I just never reach out to people. And so he'll reach out to me and I'll take care of it. And now that I've acknowledged that, he'll definitely reach out to me. Although that might be embarrassing, so maybe I will uh, reach out to him. But um, yes, it's the time we last spoke. I've mostly been doing a little traveling, doing a lot of working, and um, doing a little traveling again. I'm pleased to report I'm going to be spending my 38th birthday in Dublin, and then I'm going to dig six feet into the ground and throw my old rotting corpse into it. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Um, so stay tuned. I hope to have some, uh, regular episodes coming out, uh, on a pretty regular clip, uh, some mini-sodes here and there as I see some movies as well as some more interviews and such. Uh, hopefully the, the work will die down and this will, uh, pick up a little bit for you. But again, I appreciate your patience. Um, one day I'll finish writing that deep dive for you, but, uh, time, man, she's a bitch, you know? Um. But thank you again. So at Movie Movie Cast and all the things, you can check out my other show uh, at Hot Property Pod. And as always, you can find everything I do uh, hubbed under scullyvision.com. So uh, thank you again. And uh, hopefully the second half of 2022 offers some kick-ass stuff. I'm dying to see Resurrection. That sounds, oh, that sounds incredible. That sounds absolutely incredible. My copy of Everything Everywhere All at Once and Northman arrive on the same day, so it's going to be a big day. Big day here at the Scully Kersey house. Um, but thanks again, guys. Be real. Love one another. Love you guys. Uh-huh.